Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. All right, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast, Eagles on the Hill. Search for Eagles on the Hill on YouTube, and you can hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner so you can get all these podcasts, or you can follow us wherever you listen. Follow us as we together follow Jesus and draw strength from him to fly like an eagle. We're calling this podcast Prayer and Praise, and we're going to talk about those topics. Uh, This podcast comes to us because of a request from some guys that I've been meeting with, growing in faith with, challenging one another to be reading Scripture together and growing together. And we were talking about prayer the last time we got together, specifically talking about praying out loud and how challenging that can be for us as Christians. You know, it seems like um, we should, as Christians, be able to pray out loud with others lead a group in a in a prayer, whether it's a prayer over a meal or lead a group in a prayer for somebody who's sick or uh, whatever the situation might be. And yet uh, we were expressing to one another the challenges of doing that and how it often seemed uh, uncomfortable to some who didn't grow up doing that, you know, even as little children praying out loud. One of the things we talked about is the importance of being able to pray out loud with our kids because um, when you learn to pray out loud as a kid and uh, as an elementary school student and as a middle school student, high school student, then you're more comfortable praying out loud as an adult. And so that's one of the important skills that we want to be teaching our kids as we're raising them in the faith. So if you're a parent, have kids at home, grandkids at home, make sure that you are praying with them out loud as uncomfortable as that may be. Um, Why is it uncomfortable? You know, people say, well, I can read scripture out loud. Uh, Some people can do that. I can uh, talk to my kids. I can do so many things. But when it comes to praying, it's just really challenging. And so we talked about how praying really touches us at our most intimate uh, spot, really. It's that point in our life when when we're relating to God, our Creator, our Redeemer, And uh, that's a pretty intimate thing that God has, that relationship with us. And so praying out loud where others can hear what we're praying to our Heavenly Father, what we're praying to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, um, that's that's pretty intimate. We're letting people into that intimate area of our life. And so that's one of the reasons that it can become challenging. So how do you begin to do that? Well, uh, with kids is one way, simple prayers with kids. Um, Another way to do that that I would encourage, we encouraged one another with as we met together last week, was to be praying with our spouse. If you're married, um, that is, um, it's a way to be intimate with one another. In fact, I shared with them that um, if I'm meeting with premarital couples and they're um, trying to uh, follow God's ways and save uh, their sexual relationship until marriage, I uh, advise premarital couples not to pray together, which can be a shock for them when they hear their pastor say, well, if you're not married yet, then maybe you shouldn't pray together. Why not? Because it's a pretty intimate thing. And so, uh, yeah, praying together is, is um, it draws you closer to one another and to God. So praying with your spouse, that can be challenging. Um, in fact, some were sharing around the table, you know, I can pray with, uh, even in public in a group, but to pray with my spouse, that's 
that's that's a little more difficult. So how do you do that? How do you start? Well, a couple of ways. One way is uh, to be praying some of the Psalms, uh, just reading them together. Some of the Psalms are actually prayers. You can look up online, you can Google, you know, which which of the Psalms are actually prayers themselves, prayers to God, and then uh, just read that Psalm with your spouse. I think of a couple of the possibilities, Psalm 145, uh, Psalm 61, Psalm 55, Psalm 143, Psalm 86, others like that. You can just Google those and you'll find those as well as others and just read those together with your spouse. Uh, read them out loud and that will help begin that prayer process. Another uh, great way that couples have found to pray out loud, especially if they're not used to it, is to um, get together, let's say uh, in this case, Melinda and I, and um, I'll say, I'd like you to pray for this and such. I'd like you to pray for, let's make something up here. I'd like you to pray for our kids. And so then she would pray, since that's on my heart, she would pray for that request, uh, a one-sentence prayer. So only one sentence. So what might that prayer be like? Well, uh, dear Heavenly Father, we pray for your blessing on our kids tomorrow. Amen. Can she do that if she's not used to praying out loud? I think you can. A one-sentence prayer like that is something you can pull off. Pretty simple. And when you're done, ask yourself, have I prayed out loud with my spouse? Yes, I have. How about that? Uh, and then Melinda might make uh, a Thanksgiving or request. Melinda might say, you know, um, thank God for the Bible study I went to today or for my uh, time at work today or whatever it might be. And then I would uh, then pray for that. I would say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing Melinda at work today. Um, and so we give you thanks, Jesus, for that. Amen. Again, very simple prayer easy to start with and gets you going in that habit of praying with others. You can also, I would strongly encourage doing that with your small group as well, praying out loud together, one for another with your small group. Simply have different people make requests and then another person pray. Again, a one-sentence prayer to start out with. You'll find eventually as you do this that the one-sentence rule kind of goes by the wayside as you get more comfortable and you want to, you got a second sentence you want to say. So uh, then you, a second sentence is certainly fine. God has time. But that's one way to uh, get started with, uh, with that. If you're doing it with your family around the dinner table, uh, maybe go around and each person um, say one thing they're thankful for, and the person on their left then prays a one-sentence prayer about that. So a uh, middle schooler might share, I'm thankful for my friendship with, with whoever, uh, with, you know, Tristan. And so then the person on their left would say, dear God, we thank you for their friendship with Tristan. Amen. I know that sounds pretty simple, but the reality is it's a prayer and it helps you get in that habit of praying out loud. Also, one sentence prayers like that keep your food from getting too cold if you do it at dinner. That's another benefit. Positions of prayer in scripture. Um, oftentimes we're sitting when we're praying. I think, uh, I know Roman Catholics have something on us there when they have the kneelers in the pews in their worship service. Uh, kneeling is often talked about in Scripture as a uh, position of prayer. Or uh, being prostrate, lay, prostrate, laying out on the ground, praying. I remember uh, back in um, the late 90s, I went to a gathering of men in Washington, D.C. It was uh, They said there was a million men there. I don't know. I didn't count. But um, we had a time early in that uh, time together on that Saturday when 
they ask all the men to lay face down on the ground in confession before God and have a time of silent confession face down on the ground. And it was the strangest thing to have a million men in Washington, D.C., all laying on the ground, confessing sin quietly. And you could hear a pin drop, the wind a whistle by. It was powerful. It was a powerful moment. And we got up and we heard God's word of forgiveness. And we actually then sang a mighty fortress together, a million guys strong in Washington, D.C. It was an amazing, amazing experience. But again, that's an, another position of prayer. Sitting, standing in prayer, obviously, and oftentimes in worship, we stand in prayer as well. So lots of different possibilities for positions of prayer. Might be more comfortable around the dinner table to be sitting or with your spouse, however that uh, works for you. There's a saying, I don't know where this saying comes from, he who sings prays twice. He who sings prays twice. What does that mean? Well, I don't know what that means exactly, but as I thought about that, prayer is oftentimes an intellectual experience. It's a left brain experience of our intellect. Singing really engages our right brain, our emotions, and so he who sings prays twice. Maybe that's what that saying is all about. And so that's why I want to segue into praise, because I believe that our singing, especially together in corporate worship, the body of Christ together, our singing together is an opportunity for us to communicate with our Heavenly Father in prayer. He who sings prays twice, whatever that saying means. So what is our position? How do we position ourselves to pray as we sing, to praise God as we sing. Well, very interestingly, the Scripture talks over and over and over again about lifting holy hands in prayer, lifting our hands as we praise God. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, in fact, Paul instructs us, he says, I want men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. Uh, Psalm 63, verse 4, says, I will praise you as long as I live in your name, I will lift up my hands. I started looking up how often the scriptures talk about lifting up hands in praise to God. Psalm 28, Psalm 134, Psalm 143, and you can continue the list. You can look for it yourself. For many, many years, I, um, I did not lift up my hands to praise and worship God in worship. I don't think that's a sin not to lift up our hands, so I want to be clear about that. I don't think that's wrong. But for many years, I didn't do it. It just seemed something that was uncomfortable to me. It's not something that Lutherans are known for doing. You know, the Pentecostal branch of our Christian faith is known for lifting up hands as they praise. And so I was just uncomfortable. It was something that Melinda, my wife, was more comfortable with. She, for many, many years, I don't know how many years, long, long time, has lifted up hands when she sings at various times as God's Spirit moves her. And uh, I was more comfortable with a guitar in front of me. That gave me a good reason not to lift up my hands. How could I lift up my hands and play guitar at the same time? So, uh, but anyway, at some point, I forget when, at some point, I decided, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And it felt strange to do it. I'll have to say that. But as I began to lift up hands when God's Spirit would move me in praise, 
it began to, the, the music, the songs began to touch my spirit in a way that they had not before. I don't know how else to explain that. Maybe it's the right brain, left brain thing. I don't know. But it has been a blessing to me to be able to lift up hands as I praise God in worship. So I want to encourage you, um, some of you listening, I've already, this is your habit and practice. And for, I would say, most of us listening to this podcast, probably that's not your habit. Let me share with you um, what happens at a typical concert. This is not a Christian concert, if you're watching on YouTube. It's a secular concert. And you'll notice what the people in the concert are doing. They are lifting up, well, maybe not holy hands, and they're not lifting up hands in praise, I can tell you, because I know the song that's being sung here. Um, I'm not going to mention it, but I know what it is. And so they're not lifting up hands in praise, but they're lifting up hands. They're moved in their body to be, um, they're, they're emotionally moved to lift up their hands as this song is being sung. Anyway, um, I show that picture because that's very common. And many who will not lift up hands in worship will go to a concert at the arena or somewhere and um, be more than happy to pump their fist in the air and lift up their hands because they're moved to do that emotionally. It's my sense and my experience that as I forced myself initially to lift up hands in worship, that my spirit caught up with my physical movements of lifting up my hands. And so I want to encourage you, step out of your comfort zone. Why listen to a podcast if it's not going to change you at all? Step out of your comfort zone. Step out of your comfort zone by lifting up hands in worship as God's Spirit moves you. See what happens. Um, don't worry about people looking at you. It's you and God. Don't worry about it. Um, see how that affects your ability to praise God. Uh, see if it's a blessing to you as you praise God in that way, as it has been to me. And also encourage you to step out of your comfort zone with praying. Praying in public, whether it be praying with your family, praying with your spouse, praying with your small group. Um, take the risk. Um, use some of these hints that I've shared with you today and see if God does not increase your and strengthen your relationship with Him through both prayer and praise. That's what we got for you today. We want to encourage you to email us at Eagles on the Hill 211. That's Eagles on the Hill 211. No spaces, dots, dashes, or underscores. Just uh, email us. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know how it goes for you. If you, uh, if you decide to take us up on this challenge and also email us with other possible podcast topics that you'd like us to do. We want to encourage you as we close that those who hope in the Lord will fly on wings like eagles. And we know that God's promise in Isaiah 40 is true. Thanks for listening today. Join us again next time on the podcast.